0: This is the word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Father, tonight we receive all that you have for us in the precious name of jesus father we give you praise and glory in jesus great name we've worshipped can somebody shout hallelujah can someone celebrate jesus in the house this evening hallelujah praise god forevermore hallelujah praise god praise god praise god i bring you greetings from our pastor I mean, hallelujah, bring you greetings from him. I mean, I always miss him, always. You know, people have different things that they look up to or look for when they come to church. For me, it's when I'm hearing God's word, right? And he has such a grace to preach God's word with such simplicity you agree with me hallelujah so i mean i miss him so much but i trust that his grace is here with us this evening to do the things that god has engraced him to do through my little self hallelujah and i want to sincerely thank him and thank pastor abigail for this opportunity to share god's word with you this evening i wanted to shout out very loudly tonight Shout out very loudly tonight. I am expecting God to reach out to me in a very special way. Do you believe what he just said? All right, why don't you take your seats this evening? Um, I have a word for someone. There's someone who is watching. Um, It's the case of a family member of yours being kidnapped. Well, God said I should tell you that that person will be found in the precious name of Jesus Um, there is another lady that you've been troubled with back pains well God said I should let you know that the pain is healed in the name of Jesus father we thank you Amos chapter 9 very quickly Amos the ninth chapter What I'm going to be teaching on tonight, well, I've struggled with giving it a title and Director Damola Adisa knows why. Um, but I've just decided to call it Walking in the Supernatural, right? Amos chapter 9 verse 13. Now, you see, when we read the Bible, it's always very important that you do so with context and i say that to say this amos was one of the prophets of god that lived and gave very very accurate prophecies in his time and for prophets the way they operated was that sometimes god showed them things that were happening in their environment Sometimes God showed them things that had happened in the past. Sometimes God would show them things that are going to happen in the future. And so the prophet would be so careful to ensure that in conveying that message, they describe things that God has shown them in the present, but would happen in the future with a future tense. Amen? So Amos, in chapter thirty verse 13 rather, of chapter 9, says, Behold, meaning see, the days come. Meaning he was not talking about the time in which he lived. He was talking about something that was going to happen someday. Something that was going to happen in the future. He said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. And the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed And the mountains shall drop sweet wine And all the hills shall melt Now, for those of us with some agricultural background We would get exactly what Amos is saying here Um, For those of us that do not really have an agricultural background We might not get the message is passing across here so I would explain it. When you talk about the plowman, you're talking about the individual who plans to plant seed on a particular land. So he or she is plowing that land, either with a hoe or in some cases if the person is highly mechanized with a tractor. Um, I remember I grew up in Kaduna. And I remember that then, my parents, you know, we had this small farm at the back of the house. And um, we used to plant maize, or what we could also call corn, right? And um, there were times I, I so hated it, because, you know, mommy would give you this hoe, and say you should go to the backyard and begin to make ridges, very high ridges. So you are plowing, you are opening up, loosening the ground. So that the ground will comfortably take seed. So that's a plowman. That's what he's talking about there. Somebody who is plowing. He says a time is coming that a person or a plowman, someone who is plowing the ground in preparation (laughs) to plant seed will overtake the person who has planted seed and is reaping the harvest already. Doesn't make natural sense, isn't it? He says a time is coming that the plowman would overtake the reaper. And then he says the treader of grapes. Now, you know, in those days they used to make wine from grapes. And one of the processes of making wine was that when you harvest all the grapes, you put it in this very mighty basin that human beings could get into and you are treading. They'll be stepping on it. I don't know if you've seen that in movies or somewhere. I mean they will be stepping on it. what are they are squeezing the grapes so that the wine, the juice, the liquid would flow out right? He says the treader of grapes him that would overtake the person that is sowing seed. Now let me explain that also. You see the process is that you would tread, After you've gotten all of the juice and the liquid and all of that from the grapes, then the next thing you will do is to take what has become dry, what you stepped on, and dry it in the sun and get the seed from it. And when they get the seed from it, they'll wait till the next planting season. Then plant the seed. But Amos is saying here that a time is coming that the trader of grapes would overtake the person that is already sowing seed. What Amos is telling us is that there is a technology in God that can make a person experience supernatural speed such that time would be collapsed for that individual. So if it would naturally take 15 years to become the MD of your company, Amos is saying, a time is coming <laughs> that there will be something at work in the saints that would make an individual who just got into the company get so pro- promoted so fast one, two years, and the person is already in front. Now, tonight, I'm not teaching or preaching about something I have not experienced in my life. It is from the depths of my experience with God that I am teaching some of the things I'm going to be saying here tonight. Amos is saying that there is such a technology in God that can fast track a man's life such that the person would not grow naturally. You know, they've said that, I mean, to get, if you want to become a billionaire, I mean, the first thing is start learning how to manage thousands. Then after that, learn how to manage millions. Then after that, learn how to, then maybe you start getting into the billions. But God is saying, through Amos, that it is possible in God to move from hundreds to the billions. That's what he's saying. (laughs) You see, they've said the natural process is that when you want to start out in life, you start with a small car first. A small car. Then after that, you graduate to another higher salon. Then after that, you can maybe be qualified for an SUV. God is saying through Amos here that you can move from no car to one of the best SUVs in town. That's what he's saying. I remember the very first day I met our pastor. The very first day I met him. He was preaching like this and I walked into the fellowship then. And... One of the words that came out of his mouth was Well Small is relative Who says that If you want to start small In getting a car You have to start with a small one Says you can start with an SUV That's what he said But do you know that That is exactly what happened to him His first car (laughs) I mean he's told the story before He's told the story here If you follow his messages That I mean The car was so big that I mean, when he was driving it, you say, if you hit me, just hit me with the car. Don't hit the car. <laughs> I mean, but that is how possible it is for God to fast track an individual's life. Now you say, is this really reality? Is it not magic? God does not do magic. Amos said, a day is coming. And brothers and sisters, that day is now that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. First Kings chapter 14, verse 18. First Kings 18, rather. 1 Kings 18. Let me show you something. You know, the Bible tells us the story of the dear man of God, Elijah. He had just had this episode with the prophet of Baal. And, um, you know, at this time, after showing that God was the Lord, Heab submitted and said, okay, yes, I mean, it's true that God is Lord. And if you read the story, Heab was a very wicked king, married to a wicked queen. Now the Bible says that Haab, or sorry, Elijah rather, in verses 41, 1 Kings 18, 41, the Bible says, And Elijah said unto Haab, Get thee up, eat and drink, For there is a sound of abundance of rain. And then from verse 42 down to verse 44, the Bible explains that Elijah decided to go pray. So he went, prayed, sent his servants, said, What do you see? Until the servant said, Well, I see a cloud like a man's hand. And he said, Great. Now, verse 45, the Bible says, And it came to pass in the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Now Ahab was riding his horse, and Ahab was a king. If you understand again history, kings would usually ride in a chariot that had two horses. And because he was the king, they would ensure that the kinds of horses that were was, he was riding, right, were the best of the best. Because these horses needed to be able to move very fast. Now, this is human technology at work. Ahab was riding and he rode to Jezreel. Verse 46, the Bible says, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his loins, and he somebody shouts run how do you run with your legs isn't it and he ran before her to the entrance of jezreel meaning (laughs) ah, meaning that her was using a chariot (laughs) one technology in natural technology but a man, who the Bible says the hand of the Lord was upon, gidded up his loins and he ran with his legs. Before him, he overtook Heab and got to Jezreel before Heab that was using his horse to go. Meaning there is a supernatural technology that can fast track your life. That the individual who is using the natural technology would be amazed at the speed at which you will get to your destination before him or her. There is something called supernatural speed. But even beyond that, there is a life called the supernatural life. You see, when we gave our lives to Christ, you must understand that you were introduced and born into a supernatural life. There is the natural and there is the supernatural. You see, Christians have become so fixated in living the natural life naturally. Meanwhile, God's desire and plan for us is that we live a supernatural life in a natural world. John chapter 1 You see, there is a law of the Spirit. And that law states that what gave birth to a thing is the same thing that will sustain it. Do you understand? What gave birth to a thing is the same thing that will sustain it. So John chapter 1. I want to read verses 12 and 13 to you. And I would like to read this in the Amplified, actually. The King James says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13 says, Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But I want to read this in the Amplified. Ah, Fantastic. The Amplified. you have it? Good. Now, the Amplified says... But to as many as did receive and welcome him. Talking about welcoming Jesus into their lives, right? He gave the right, the authority, the privilege. What a privilege. To become children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in and rely on his name now in case you do not understand what it means (laughs) to be a child of god he explains it in verse 13. verse 13 says who were born not of what blood natural conception so the kind of birth he's talking about here is not natural conception it's not a woman going to the hospital and coming out with a baby that's not what he's talking about here He says, who were born, nor of the will of the flesh. They were not born by physical impulse, nor of the will of man. That is of a natural father. Ah. He says, but of God. Ah. He says, that is a divine and supernatural birth. They are born of God. Spiritually transformed Renewed and sanctified Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now this is not me This is the Bible And you see What he's saying here is that The new birth is a supernatural birth Remember the law What gives birth to a Does what? Sustains it When God wanted to create the fish, in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says God spoke to the sea and the sea produced the fish. Hence, if you take fish out of water, what happens to the fish? It dies. When God wanted to create plants, what did the Bible tell us? He did. In Genesis chapter 1, He spoke to the ground. The ground produced the trees. So if you take a tree out of the ground, what happens to the tree? It dies. When God wanted to produce you the new birth, The new you, the regenerated being. What did he do? He spoke to himself. And you came forth from him. A supernatural being. Now the implication of that, the implication of that is we've been born into a supernatural life. So the supernatural should become natural to us. Ah, The supernatural should become natural to us. The supernatural should become one of our experiences. Natural experience. We shouldn't see a miracle and say, Ah, really? Wow. I mean, remember Jesus. You know, Jesus walks the earth and he lived a supernatural life. Genesis, John, rather, John chapter 2. The Bible tells us about how his mother went and said, You know what? There is no wine in this party, take it to him. And Jesus said, well, my time has not come. But he converted water into wine. I mean, he did it naturally. was just one of those things. John chapter 11, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, got to Lazarus' tomb, said, Lazarus, come forth, raise the dead naturally. I mean, the supernatural was so natural to him, and it was not because he was Jesus. Because Jesus has given us the same life that he had. The same life is the life that is at work in us. So we can do the same works. The question, the big question as I began to round up tonight is why is it that lots of believers do not experience and walk in the supernatural? Listen, if everything that you have Everything that you have, you worked for it. It's a problem. It's a problem. (laughs) I mean, if you wake up in the morning and you're not expecting good things to happen to you, it's a problem. If you get into an organization, a company, and then the company begins to go down, since it is not natural, because you must understand that you (laughs) Uh, you must understand that you are the ark of god you carry god's presence wherever you go there is a force field around you that has the ability to impact everything around you you know the bible talks about this river that flows and everywhere the river goes there is life brothers and sisters That river flows from within you. You are a carrier of that river. So everywhere you go, you can minister life to the environment. Ah, Why is it that lots of believers do not live and walk in the supernatural? Now in 1 Kings chapter, 2 Kings rather, 2 Kings chapter 3, we read a very interesting story second kings chapter three it is the story of when elijah and elisha um were moving from city to city and it was because god was going to take elijah away from the earth and if you read the whole chapter i would not bother us with reading the whole chapter you can do that in at home but you read the old chapter, you get the picture that Elisha knew that it was time for Elijah to be taken up. Now, Elijah would tell Elisha, well, um, I am going to the next city. It started with Bethel. He says, I'm going to Bethel. He says, so stay here while I go to Bethel. And Elisha would say, no, as surely as the Lord lives, I'll follow you to Bethel. And then Elijah gets to Bethel and tells Elisha, Well, I'm going to Jericho. He says, Okay, as surely as the Lord lives, I'll follow you. Now, this the interesting thing was this. Now, if you read verse 3, 2 Kings 2.3, the Bible says that, And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? and he said yeah i know it hold ye your peace meaning that there were some individuals called the sons of the prophets and i usually say it this way each and every one of those individuals had the potential to become the lead prophet because that was what elijah was he was the main prophet then there were sons of the prophets now all the sons of the prophet knew that god was going to take elijah the Prophets or the prophets, right away from them that day, but none of them followed, all of them followed at a distance. Elisha was the only one following very closely. And then the Bible tells us in verse 9, and it came to pass when they were gone over that they had crossed over, all right, Jordan, that Elijah said unto Elisha ask what i shall do for thee before i be taken away from thee and Elisha said i pray thee let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me now the very first time i read this portion of the bible um i got very inquisitive and i'll tell you why because i understand that In the realm of the spirit, as it is in the natural, you cannot give what you do not have. Let me explain what I mean. Now, if you walk up to me, anyone, any one of you, walk up to me now and say, "Um, can you give me a television right now? I will tell you, well, my television is at home. I cannot give you right now, isn't it? Because I do not have it with me here. So you cannot give what you do not have. Now, Elisha said, give me a double portion of your spirit. And that's the way we read it and that's the way people talk about it. Meaning, give me double of what you have, right? Wrong. That wasn't what Elisha was asking. Because you read the 10th verse, the Bible says, And he, talking about Elijah, said, That was asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Meaning Elijah was saying that what you've asked for, it is not impossible. It is possible, but it's a difficult thing. Now what exactly was Elijah asking for? now i always rely on the bible to explain the bible now and in searching the bible i found something very interesting deuteronomy 21. deuteronomy 21 first verse 15 to verse 17. now moses was explaining what he called the law of the double portion hence why Elijah understood what Elisha was saying. He says verse 15 Now the Bible says If a man have two wives one beloved and another hated, and they have born him children both the beloved and the hated and if the firstborn son be has that was hated. Verse 16 Then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that Which he hath, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated, which is indeed the firstborn. I would explain it. Verse 17. But he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the firstborn by giving him what? A double portion of all that he hath. For he is the beginning of his strength, the right of the firstborn is his. Now, using the same language, Elisha said, Give me a double portion. And Elijah looked at him and said, Wow, you've asked a hard thing. Not an impossible thing, a hard thing. Now, what is Moses saying here? Now, Moses was saying, Well, according to the law of God, if a man has two wives, right? Of course, that's not for now. That was then, all right? (laughs) If a man has two wives, he says, and both the man loves one and hates another, the other, and both of them give birth to children for him. Now, when this man is about to die, that this man must not take what they call the right of the firstborn, which is a double portion of all that he had. And let me explain it. So for example, if a man has 10 cars, right, and he has nine sons, what this man would do is that he would give all the other children one, one cars, but whoever is the firstborn, he will give that firstborn what? Two cars. Is the right of the double portion because it is his right as the firstborn. So what Elijah? Knew Elisha was asking for really was he says, Master, give me a double portion of thy spirit, meaning give me the right of the firstborn, make me the prophets that will succeed you when you are gone. That's what he was asking for. So Elijah looked at him and said, You've what you've asked is a hard thing, but it's not impossible. He says, If you see me when I'm taking up, because to Elijah, he said, Well. There is still the possibility of any of the other prophets to come around. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then it now becomes whoever sees me when I'm taken up. And so you read the Bible. And so you read it. That's 2 Kings chapter 3. The Bible, all the Bible tells us is that when Elijah was taken up, you know, by a wild wind and all of that, what happened was Elijah cried, my father, my father, and all of that. The Bible says, and the mantle fell. What did Elijah Elisha do rather. He picked up the mantle. There was no spirit that landed on him. Do you get it now? All he did was to pick up the mantle and by the time he smote the Jordan, the same results that Elijah was having started to happen for him. And when he crossed over to the other side, read the Bible. The Bible now says all the other prophets immediately recognized that this is now the prophet. And the Bible says they all bowed down to greet him. Because they understood. He he became their father (laughs) automatically. They became his sons. Do you understand what I'm saying? What am I trying to say? You see, the life of the supernatural is our birthright. However, there is a level of hunger. (laughs) A level of hunger that is required by the saints to walk in the supernatural a level of hunger and education that is required by the saints to walk in the supernatural the same way Elisha was the one following elijah everywhere i mean imagine they were going to cross the jordan and elijah told elijah why don't you wait here i will cross the jordan elijah said no Remember, Elisha did not know how he was going to cross the Jordan back. But hunger moved him to cross the Jordan with Elijah. How hungry are you for the supernatural? Are you tired of living the natural Christian life and having natural experience? What is happening to everybody is happening to you. I mean, they are sacking everybody, they are sacking you too. I mean, I mean, so I mean you, you, I mean, think about it. Think about it, think about it. Somebody might have started their business From age 19 The person is 30 something And the person is a billionaire Um, And you are already 40 something How many more years would you want to gather and save To meet up with that person You have to Leverage a technology I'm telling you You have to leverage This is our advantage Ah You see You cannot live and go through life expecting to have this very natural experience very natural experience now remember it is supernatural so you are operating with greater advantage there are things that are happening in your life that when people see it it will be like what the bible says they saw it and they said ah other people were the ones saying the lord has done great things for this one so Whereof they are glad Do you remember in the book of Genesis 26 The Bible talks about Isaac The Bible says And Isaac sowed in that land And in the same year (laughs) In the same year The Bible said he reaped A hundredfold Not a hundred percent A hundredfold In the same year Is there a technology that makes a person Reap a hundredfold That means he reaped a hundred for every one that he sowed. That is a hundredfold. Every single seed produced a hundred. You've been sowing and giving seeds in church. I believe for the higher ground conference you gave seeds. Are you expecting a supernatural harvest? Or you're expecting a natural harvest? What are you expecting? Hallelujah. What are you expecting? So how hungry are we for the supernatural? And you see the first is tied to the second We need to grow in our education of what the supernatural entails And that's why God has given us his word You see the Bible is not a storybook (laughs) Hey, The Bible is not just that book that you read only when you come to church on Sundays You see God has given us the word to educate us About this supernatural life that we've been brought into as a believer, the Bible cannot be foreign to you. As a believer, the Bible should be what you digest each and every day. As a matter of fact, in the book of First John, chapter one, first John, can you just open there as we round up? First John chapter one. First John chapter one. The Bible tells us four ways to relate with the Bible. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm grateful for this life that you've brought for me. I'm so grateful for your life that is at work in me. Thank you. Thank you. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. Now the Bible says, For that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, Which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Letting us know that there are four ways to relate with the word. Number one, he says, which you have what? Heard. So there is the hearing of the word. (laughs) If you get what I am sharing with you this evening you see, you would discover that you begin to have a different kind of results in every area of your life. He says, which we have heard, there is the hearing of the word. You remember Romans ten seventeen. He says, faith cometh by what? The hearing and the hearing by the word of God. So, that is how faith comes. Hearing of the word of God. Every single day. Without going very deeply into this, I'll just explain it superficially. And Every single day, you must expose your ears to the Word of God. <laughs> you must expose. Make it a discipline. Make it a discipline. My wife taught me something very powerful. Very, very powerful. And when she taught me, I remember that there is a dear man of God in America by the name Kenneth Copeland. And he mentioned that he Does this every single night too? So I said yes. So I began to do it too, and that is when I'm about to sleep. You see, rather than playing all those songs, blues you call it, and the person who says something is chasing them in the night. Why would something chase you in the night? You know, she would start playing a message, listen to the message, that she drifts and sleeps off. And she wakes up in the middle of the night. She. plays the message again and she's, she's listens. You see your body is sleeping. Your spirit does not sleep. So your spirit is listening and soaking in those words. Make it a discipline. Listening to God's word. Hearing it consistently. Then verse number two. He says which we have seen with our eyes. You see when you read the word do you see yourself in the word? It means that if you read that beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Seeing yourself in the word means that you take that portion of the Bible and you do not only relate to it logically. You take that portion of the Bible and you begin to picture yourself prospering. What is prosperity to you? You begin to picture yourself prospering. I mean, whatever that picture is to you, and you know this is in degrees, right? It depends on you. I me, mean, when I close my eyes and I'm thinking about God's goodness to me and I'm thinking about the prosperity God has spoken about in His Word concerning me, I see myself in my private jet. I see myself shipping food to all those war torn nations. I see myself. You see, I have experienced all of these things in my mind have experienced it internally. And that is why I'm so sure I would experience it physically. You see, when you read the word, do you see yourself in the word? God has given us his word so that we begin to picture ourselves. And you know that's why ah man, there's so much to tell you. That's why he looked at Abraham. When he saw, he was talking to Abraham and multiplication, father of nation. Abraham wasn't getting it. He said, "Wait." He said, "Look at the stars." Can you see? Give him a picture. Because Abraham had no Bible. But today you have a Bible. So you can pick the word and begin to see yourself. Immediately Abraham got the picture of multiplication. He could not count the stars. He could not picture. Oh, I could, I cannot count my children. They are everywhere. God said, you got it. And that's how Isaac came. Do you picture yourself? When you read the word, do you see yourself in it? The third. He says, which we have looked upon. <laughs> ah. What? Do you or what have you chosen to be your focus? Is the word of God your focus or the circumstances around you? What have you chosen to be your focus? I am always looking at the word. That is Pastor Shola's life. I'm telling you. A lot of the things he tells us about, you know, HOD will build a school. HOD will build. He has seen it. He has All of these things we are experiencing now pastor was talking about it when we were three in church (laughs) he had been talking about it since then do you fix your gaze on the word do you fix your gaze and allow nothing else to sway you the circumstance how you are feeling in your body if the word of god says you are healed you fix your gaze on what the word of god says and not by the symptoms if the word of God says you are prosperous, you fix your gaze on it. He says, promotion cometh not from the east, from the west, from the south. He says, but God, you fix your gaze on it. I know that next promotion is mine. Because you fix your gaze on the word of God. And the last, which we have handled. This is when the word of God begins to live through you. You are living, you are talking, you are acting, you are relating with the word. It becomes so real to you. You can literally grab the word sense, we've been called to live a life of the supernatural. It is our right. And I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. I'm going to live that life. Can you rise up on your feet this evening? Can you shout out very loudly? I would live the life that God has brought me into. Oh, it's a supernatural life. A life governed by the experiences of God. A life governed by speed. Because I know the hand of God is upon me. I experience speed, supernatural speed. Speed where I'm concerned, time is collapsed on my behalf. I see the word. I hear the word, I look at the word, and I handle the word, in the mighty name of Jesus. Can someone celebrate Jesus in the house this evening? Amen. Can you bring, put your offerings? Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining the church. Is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family, and that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again, and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go out and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.